This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Whether your name is Philip or whatever your name is, hit us up on Twitter anytime you want at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83. And is Giannis Antetokounmpo employing a king's gambit when it comes to winning another NBA championship. For those who play chess, you know what a king's gambit is. It's with a player as an opening sacrifices material with the aim of achieving a subsequent positional advantage. Is he trying to do this with Damian Lillard as his pawn? He told me, he told Eric Neiman, the athletic about Damian Lillard. And I quote, I am his biggest fan. Good or bad. I ride with Dame until the bleeping end. I ride with Dame. Like I've been saying this over and over again. This is his team. Down the stretch, he's going to get the ball. There's nothing else that we will do. I don't know how else how to put it. I don't know what else to say, end quote. This may be Giannis's gambit to make sure everybody's going to be better and reducing that pressure on him and giving himself more of an advantage to why to win a championship by saying that this is Damian Lillard's team down the stretch. Yeah, I don't like it. Because <laughs> I just I don't, Freddie. I love that. Yeah, I, I don't play chess, but I don't like it. <laughs> when I when I look at a guy like Giannis, who's a two time MVP back to back, nineteen in two thousand and twenty, Defensive Player of the Year two thousand and twenty, uh, NBA Finals MVP, NBA Champion two thousand twenty one, uh, Giannis has done all these things, and mm-hmm. Damian Lillard has joined him in Milwaukee. And for me, it's different from when LeBron James went to the Miami Heat. We're talking about LeBron James. That was the face of the NBA, NBA, the best player in the NBA also, right? Uh, Plus, when we talk about LeBron, who do we compare him to? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Both of our GOATs. Absolutely. So different scenario, in my opinion, from uh, D-Wade giving LeBron James the keys to the ship in Miami. Mm Mm-hmm. When you look at Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant was the best player on the Golden State Warriors when they won those two NBA championships, but you never heard anyone say that, hey, this is Kevin Durant's team. We all knew that was still Steph Curry's team. When it comes to Giannis, I understand what you're trying to do. Me too. I just don't like how it's worded. Mm -hmm. I don't like how, how he has to tell the world certain things. You and Damian Lillard should be able to have a conversation, and that should be good enough. We're talking about two, you know, top 75 players in the NBA. I don't feel like he should have to do certain things publicly to make Dame feel better about himself. Yeah. If that's the case, like, like uh-huh. yeah, is that, yeah, are you really a top 75 player? You know why you have a problem with what he had to say? I'll tell you exactly why you have a problem with it. And I have a little bit of a problem with it. After you had Chris Canty, co-host of Run Sportsman, like Monday through Friday and ESPN Radio with him, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. With all that's gone on, three and seven star Doc Rivers. Milwaukee Bucks not looking like a disjo- looking like a disjointed team. Even Doc Rivers told the podcast a couple of days ago that when ownership called him to say, we want you to take over the team, he goes, I don't know why you're doing this. He says, this is the time when it comes to Milwaukee Bucks. I just want to know when it's okay to panic. I mean, if firing... The head coach, when you have the second best record in the conference before the All-Star break, is it the time to panic? Is it the time to sound the alarm? When is it okay to panic about what we're seeing from the Milwaukee Bucks? 
Because I feel like this is the time now. After the Doc Rivers comments yesterday, when he was questioning what the hell ownership was doing, and you could sense him walking it back a little bit in terms of how he framed it, but when he's questioning what the hell ownership is doing before he steps into the job, I, I just I don't know that that's going to lend itself to being able to have success. So when is it okay to panic about what's going on in Milwaukee? This is Giannis's way of trying to reduce the panic because he hears the whispers out there. Three and seven, Doc Rivers saying that about management, moving on from Adrian Griffin, bringing him in, trying to make sure Damian Little understands, okay, we're going to be fine. You know how we're going to be fine? You need to be the guy down the stretch, and we'll ride or die with you. We'll be satellite players off of you. That's number one. Number two, there's no way that Giannis is saying this if he grew up in the United States. If he grew up knowing exactly what that means, being the dude, what it meant to Kobe Bryant, what it meant to LeBron James, what it meant to Michael Jordan, even guys on a lesser level, what it meant to Carl Malone, what it meant to Charles Barkley. He didn't grow up in that kind of environment. He loves basketball. I don't question that. He doesn't watch a lot of basketball because he's so focused on what he does with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's not watching other players and anything like that. And you know, I know that drives Harry Douglas insane. <laughs> but Freddie, <laughs> Freddie, listen here. When, when I when I seen that, that he <laughs> can, can you imagine Michael Jordan not studying the guys that he has to go through? Could you imagine Michael Jordan when he's playing with these guys on the dream team, not trying to get a competitive advantage? So you know that drives me crazy, Freddie. And, and don't take our word for it. I just in general do not watch basketball. So stats, highlights, how people play, I have no idea, and I I love it. You know. I love it when I go to the game. I have no idea who I'm playing and what they do. Makes it harder. <laughs> I want to pull my... Listen, y'all, I didn't cut the mohawk off. The, the little bit of hair that I have left, I want to pull it out. It was just worth it to play that cut for you and see your reaction because he didn't grow up here. He doesn't have that That's mentality. He enjoys basketball. He knows he's extremely good at it, and he works hard at it. The way he goes about it is very admirable but, but for someone who did not grow up here and knows exactly what kind of killer instinct you need to develop by watching other people do it, other people not do it. Is that something you should you should be saying when you're struggling as a basketball team? Well, I'm gonna to quote, get def- to get defensive stops. Well, I'm gonna quote Jenny from <laughs> Forrest Gump. He don't know no better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my goodness. Don't go. Don't go. He, he he don't know no better. He doesn't know that when it comes to Giannis. I'm, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised right now that both you guys are falling what? for the banana in the tailpipe right now. Uh, what, what, what Gian- Giannis is being sarcastic. There's no way he's being serious about that. Either Come way, on. Freddie, play, play it again. Play it again. There's well, no I, way. I Tell me this dude being serious. I just, in general, do not watch basketball. So, stats, highlights, how people play, I have no idea. And I I love it. You know? I love it when I go to the game. I have no idea who I'm playing and what they do. Makes what, it harder. Whether he's being sarcastic or not. I'm not letting it come out my mouth, man. <laughs> I'm not. Because he didn't grow up here in a basketball environment like where he grew up. The fact that he's able to go from where he started, homeless on the streets, he and his family, to being one of the top five players in the NBA, that's why they made that movie about him on Disney+, Plus, about him and his family, what they had to overcome. His way of going about things, he's not worried about, okay, what it's going to sound like, what it's going to look like. I'm the best player, one of the best players in the world. There's a certain way I have to speak on being the best player in the world. He's like, look, I need Damian Lillard. 
I need that guy to be the Damian Lillard I've heard about, whether he watched him play and go Portland or not, or he had a chance to go against him. He knows exactly, okay, I know what this guy can do. That's why we got him. That's why he moved on from Drew Holiday. So I want to make sure that his comfort level gets a lot better. I understand it. I wouldn't have made that public. I don't think you should make that public. You make that public, you're Pat Beverly. You don't make that public, in my opinion, if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo. But if he had grown up here, there's no way he's saying that because he would, his boys would clown him. He couldn't go <laughs> home and he said, "Man, he said, did you just say that this is your team, but down the stretch it's going to be Damian Lillard's team? You can't go back to the hood and say that. You can't go back to your family and say that. Your mama have a problem. I didn't raise you that way, boy. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but because he, because and I'm being I'm kidding because I don't care. But because he wasn't raised with a NBA college basketball, American yep. basketball mentality, his way is to say, okay, what's the easiest way to make Damian Lillard comfortable? I'm not going to get on him. I'm not going to have my coach get on him. I'm going to hey, Damian, this is your team. That's why you brought, that's why you're here. But just like Jenny told me about Forrest Gump, he don't know no better because he hadn't <laughs> grown up here among that basketball mentality that American players have. But he, here's one thing I want Giannis, Dame, and also Doc Rivers to know. And I think Shaq said it best when he was talking to Dame and he was trying to give him some advice moving forward. If things don't work out, it's going to be on them. Dave, I don't have any questions. I'm going to give you some <laughs> advice because I'm your big brother. Yeah. I've been in the position you've been in before. Kenny's been in that position you before. You and Giannis, you're being too nice. Yeah. When it all said and done, it don't work out, three people going to get blamed. Doc, you and Giannis. So you and Giannis got to make sure the troops get it done. There's no reason that, but with Doc being there, y'all should be three and seven. That right there is on her. So, y'all, right. so when you get back, you're going to have to g- grab some people by the necks and say, hey, this is what I need you to do. So you're right. that's my gotcha. advice to you, young brother. Gotcha. Remember when they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies with G League players oh, man, yeah. without any of their main characters on the basketball team, and they lost the, the, the previous game to yeah. the Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, you might have to go through a stretch where things get very uncomfortable sure. in your locker room if you're the Milwaukee Bucks because what you don't want to happen is to have an epic failure and next thing you know you're being talked about the entire offseason well, and be yeah. the laughing stock because of it either. But Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. You mentioned in terms of making things uncomfortable. That is not something Giannis wants to do. That is not something he wants to be a part of his locker room. Damian Lillard will have to be, as they used to call it back in the day, he has to be the axe man. He has to be the enforcer. It shouldn't be that because he just got there. Giannis doesn't want that. And I'm fine with it. You want things as comfortable as possible. But things aren't comfortable when you're 3-7 and seven and you're still trying to figure things out. Things aren't comfortable when you're trying to win an NBA championship. And if anybody should know that, it's a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo. When he had that injury... That was really uncomfortable for the Milwaukee Bucks trying to win without him. They were able to hold the fort, and then he gutted it out. No one, I'm never, ever going to question Giannis and his fortitude and his mental toughness. I'm never going to question that. But I am going to question why you need to placate a guy as a top 75 player. And I know he's in a new situation. Damian Little wanted this new situation. If anything, Damian Little has to do everything possible to make sure he is as comfortable as Giannis wants him to be. That just can't be a 100% Giannis, 0% Damian Little. That's got to be 50-50 when it comes to that split. But Giannis doesn't want things to be uncomfortable. That's not part of his DNA on and off the basketball court. 
I'm going to say this because we watched the Denver Nuggets win an NBA championship last year. Remember toward the tail end of the year, they went through that little stretch where they weren't playing good basketball and their head coach, Michael Malone, made things uncomfortable Absolutely. for that group? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes yeah. being uncomfortable has to be the driving force to get things turned around. Sure. And here's another nugget for all of those guys in Milwaukee. You can't run from it. You can't run from it. So the best thing to do sometimes is to face it. Sometimes the best thing to do is just face it. Face it head on, figure it out, yeah. work through it together, and come out on the great end of things as well. Triple A say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Weigh in on this about Giannis trying to make things comfortable with Damian Lillard, and Harry wants to pull his eyeballs out of his head. And I've explained <laughs> by saying Giannis did not grow up around American basketball and American basketball toughness. He wants things as comfortable as possible, even though it's uncomfortable trying to win a championship. 888-729-3776. Your call's next on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman because Kevin Durant does not mind being uncomfortable. And him being 100% honest about anything makes a lot of people uncomfortable. He even said on the Boardroom TV podcast about why he believes the media does not believe he's a good leader. I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV. And a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media. You got to sell what you're doing as well. And I haven't sold it enough. I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I want people to call me a leader, but I also don't want people to say I'm not one either because they don't see what goes on behind the scenes or what I talk about or my intentions. What the relationships that I built with my teammates and support staff, but when guys like that say that, I just got to chalk it up to them just not being aware, push a narrative for myself, expose the truth or how great of a leader I am. I don't feel like it's necessary. I just chalk it up to those guys not being aware of who I am. If anybody knows about being uncomfortable, the whole deal him and Draymond Green the last year was at Golden State. That was uncomfortable for everybody. And yet, had he not gotten injured with the Achilles injury, they might have beaten the Toronto Raptors. They would have won three championships in a row. Absolutely. There's no, there's yeah. no might have. If yeah. him and Klay Thompson don't get hurt, they would have won three NBA championships in a row. Absolutely. When uncomfortable happens, Kevin Durant has not run away from it. Lord knows things are uncomfortable in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Lord knows things are uncomfortable with Golden State towards the end of that. Things are uncomfortable in Oklahoma City between him and Russell Westbrook. But he's letting people know that, look, you may think this. Here's what it is. And I think at times, his making people uncomfortable because they want things to be comfortable and they throw questions at him gives him that persona in the terms in terms of perception. He, he brought the reality to the table. He said, look, you can think this way, but here's the deal. Here's what goes on. Here's why I know why you guys feel that way about me. Unlike Giannis, who wants everything to be smooth sailing, even though the NBA is not that. Kevin Durant knows what kind of murky waters that he is not unwilling to put his feet in, especially he wants to make sure that you hear the truth and not have perception take over that reality and become part of that narrative. Yeah, when it comes to the easy money sniper, which is Kevin Durant, he's not going to give you the politically correct answer. He's going to give you the answer that he feel like uh, he feels like he, you need to get from him, and, and 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 it's the real one. And in the world where we preach and we hope for people to be real and raw with one another, in actual reality, that's not true because a lot of people can't handle the truth. A lot of people can't handle realness, so they 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 sway their 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 mindset towards fakeness okay. because that's what make them makes them feel good. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But if you're going to feel good, there are going to be times where you got to go through bad situations or bad situations try to come through you. He doesn't run away from those bad situations. He ran away from Valhalla with the Golden State Warriors for whatever reasons. 
He decided to do that. He wanted to join forces with Kyrie Irving. He knew that was going to look uncomfortable and was going to be being received as uncomfortable. And he said, this is what I wanted to do. I'm going to do what's in my best interest, no matter what you have to say about it. On the other side with Giannis, he knows that having a comfortable Damian Lillard is in his best interest. So I understand why he said it. Out loud, I don't know. But I don't blame him for feeling that way because he knows the more and more this keeps getting away from him and Doc Rivers and Damian Lillard, that pressure is going to be increased. And Giannis does not want that kind of pressure to bring more being uncomfortable trying to win a championship again in Milwaukee. Freddie, my big brother, my brother from another mother, Roddy White. Man, I remember on the sidelines of a football game, he 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 kept it real with me, right? Mm-hmm. And and I felt it, and I know I I knew he loved me because if he wouldn't have done it, I'd have felt some type of way as well. Sure, right? Absolutely. There's times where I had to keep it real with Julio, or guys had to keep it real with me, vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I expect that, right? So you 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 can't you can't avoid trying to keep things 100 with your teammates because you're you're afraid that they're going to be upset or they're going to feel this type of way. Hey, they're, they're going to be okay. Right. They're going to yeah. be all right. One way or the other. They're a grown yeah. man. Figure it out. They're a grown yeah. person. Figure it out. I wonder how Damian Lillard reacted to Giannis, though. I know if I'm Damian this is just me. If I'm Damian Lillard, I'm here and I'm thinking, okay, that's what I'm here for. You've made it public. Now i got to live up my end of the bargain. If you believe the ball should be in my hands down the stretch, that you're going to ride with me. Now, I'm not riding with you. Giannis said, I ride with Dame. He didn't say, we ride with each other. He didn't do the Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. You know, we ride together, we die together. Bad, <laughs> bad boys, boys for life. Giannis said, you ride there, I'll ride with you. You're going to be a bad boy one way or the other. That's <laughs> what Giannis put it out there and said that. So if I'm Damian Little, I'm thinking, okay, I know what Dame time is all about. If you're going to be the Robin to my Batman, good. Don't complain if things aren't going the way you want them to, if it stays uncomfortable. Now that you told everybody who is somebody, we ride with Damian Lillard. Down the stretch, this is his team. When it comes to Giannis Antetokounmpo. I want to see how things are going to end up moving forward now, right? The second half Absolutely. of the season, who, who does Milwaukee have coming out of the break? Man, not... not. Well, put it this way, in the Eastern Conference, no matter who you're going up against, and you made the point about Milwaukee, they have not had a good time playing the Indiana Pacers. They played the Minnesota Timberwolves. They played the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. That's their first game out of the break. They got a little song, let me get a heat check, heat check, Mm, heat Mm. check, heat check, coming right out the break. Well, well, put it this way, if they're not 4-1 or 5-0 and by the time they play the Clippers, then the Bucs are in trouble. They're at Philadelphia, no Joel Embiid. Then they have a back and back to back against the Charlotte Hornets. We know they're not any good. At the Chicago Bulls, the Bulls always circle that game. They better be four and one before they play the Clippers, Warriors, <laughs> Lakers, Clippers, <laughs> Kings in a five game set. Then after the 76ers, then they got the Celtics and the Suns. The Bucks better figure it out or they're going to get bucked the rest of the season. <laughs> And, and, and after the Celtics, they got Brooklyn, then they got Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. then they got the Lakers mm-hmm. and the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So y- you better get this show on the road yep. because it is not going to get easier. Yeah, you better be 4-1 and one by the time you play the Clippers. If you're 3-2 and two or 2-3, two and three, uh-oh. Oh, boy. Well, that, that game versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's mm-hmm. lovely on Friday because it's on the great ESPN at 10 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. So Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> we ride together, die together. Bucks for life. Oh, Bucks for life. (laughs) 
I totally botched that one. Didn't <laughs> no, you didn't. I should have warned you. That's on me more than anything else. Weighing about Giannis saying that this is Damian Lillard's team down the stretch and Kevin Durant saying that the media does not regard him as a leader because he's not personality enough. Triple H say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Your calls are next on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Bill Russell was the ultimate winner, but his impact on securing equal rights for all Americans loomed larger today than his eleven championships with the Boston Celtics. Playing when the NBA still had unspoken racial quotas, limiting the number of black players in the league. Russell spoke out fearlessly and constantly about racial justice. His activism helped pass national civil rights laws that promised equal rights for all races. After Russell died in 2022 at the age of 88, the NBA retired his number six across the entire league. A small honor for a true giant of history. Honoring Black History Month on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is the Wednesday Gruathon known as Freddie and Harry with me, Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So Kevin Durant believes his lack of charisma leads the NBA talking heads to doubt his leadership. That's what he said on the Boardroom Podcast. I'm not as charismatic as my peers. I don't have a personality that's like fit for TV. And a lot of those stories of what we talk about don't get spoken about in the media. You got to sell what you're doing as well. And I haven't sold it enough. I don't feel like I need to. I don't feel like I want people to call me a leader. But I also don't want people to say I'm not one either because they don't see what goes on behind the scenes or what I talk about or my intentions. What are relationships that I built with my teammates and support staff? But when guys like that say that, I just got to chalk it up to them just not being aware, push a narrative for myself, expose the truth or how great of a leader I am. I don't feel like it's necessary. I just chalk it up to those guys not being aware of who I am. So that's leadership with him. Giannis may have shown a different kind of leadership that has led people to thinking, what kind of leader are you? When he talked to Eric Neiman, the athletic about Damian Lillard, he said, and I quote, I am his biggest fan. Good or bad, I ride with Dame until the bleeping end. I ride with Dame. Like I've been saying this over and over again, this is his team. Down the stretch, he's going to get the ball. There's nothing else that we will do. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know what else to say, end quote. The common denominator, leadership, the Kevin Durant way, and the Giannis way. What way are you feeling one way or the other? Let's hear from you at Triple H, say ESPN. 
888-729-3776. Join the conversation on the Freddie and Harry call-in line. Richie Richard in Florida, my friend, what you got? Mark it down, February 21st, the rare occasion where the great Freddie and Harry got it wrong. You guys are not keeping it real today. Sorry, man. Okay. Kevin Durant shrunk horribly in, in New Jersey because he wouldn't have the uncomfortable conversations with Kyrie Irving. The only person that Kyrie Irving would have remotely listened to was Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant just acted like he was a bystander, like he just happened to be there. He did not have the uncomfortable conversations in the most public of all of his situations with teams. So you guys are completely off about that. You gave him a pass on something that is absurd. Secondly, Richard, Richard, let me ask you this really quick. Do we 100% know Kevin Durant didn't have those conversations with Kyrie Irving? No, we we don't know that he didn't have anything in private. That's true, but okay. we can never know that, Freddie. But what we do know is he didn't come out and support his coach. Here's an example. At the start of that year, Kyrie Irving said, I hope you remember this, it was ridiculous. He said something like, well, you know, we don't really need a coach. You oh, know, yeah. It's just me and Kev. we got to oh, figure yeah. it out. Oh, we remember, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right then and there, Kevin Durant should have been like, no, we got a coach. It's Steve Nash, and I believe in him. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. That's right. Kevin Durant did nothing. Okay, now here's the other thing. Okay. As far as Milwaukee goes, are we sure the Dame is a better player than Drew Holiday? Because I'm pretty sure he's not. I don't think that situation is set up to succeed at all. How many times have you heard Drew Holiday had a bad night defensively? That would be never. But how many times have you heard this year Dame had a bad night offensively? That would be all the time. Do you think the Dame Dollar is going to show up in the playoffs and play real defense? Well, it's not about playing defense, although you make a fair point, Rich in Florida. Number one, thank you for the phone call. Number two, you make a fair point, but Damian Lillard's not there to play defense. Nope. That's what they got Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Damian Lillard has to be that guy that we've seen in the Portland Trailblazers. Even though they didn't win the championship, I can, I can, I've lost count how many times he had clutch shots to win basketball games for the Portland Trailblazers against anybody. It doesn't matter. So that's going to have to matter. That's the crux of the whole thing. You can say a bad night defensively. If Damian Lillard has a bad night defensively, but he scores 51 and they win game one of a playoff game, what do you think they're going to talk about more? They're not going to talk about the fact, hey, you're, you had a bad at defensively. They're going to talk about that he put up a 51-piece on somebody in the playoff game. But but for the Milwaukee Bucks and their front office and them choosing Damian Lillard over Drew Holiday, that was the sacrifice they were willing to make. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Because one of the things that we we seen with our own eyes is a guy in Drew Holiday being a, being a two-way player. And in that NBA Finals versus the Phoenix Suns, we seen his impact. My brother played with Drew Holiday in New Orleans. Like, I know how good Drew Holiday is. Trust me. I, I know how good Drew Holiday is. Uh, but, but, but the Milwaukee Bucks made a decision. Now they have to live with that decision. Yeah, no doubt. Sam Pierce, what you got? And two, he said Drew Holiday has never had an off night defensively. Um, see the Miami Heat series last year. Um, wasn't he on Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler, yeah. Jimmy Butler was destroying <laughs> Drew Holiday. Did we yeah. just forget that happened? Well, I, I didn't forget that it happened. I'm glad you brought to the top line awareness. And going back to Richard and Florida's point about Kevin Durant, some people don't want to have those conversations out loud. Maybe Kevin Durant had those conversations with Kyrie Irving behind behind closed doors. So, and he's definitely right. I didn't give Kevin Durant a pass when Steve Nash was called out like that by Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant said nothing. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. But number one, I wouldn't want Kyrie Irving charged of anything. That's just a bad idea, number one. So I didn't give him a pass on that when that happened. But that doesn't mean that Kevin Durant is not a leader. He may do it in a different way, in a non-public way, and maybe that's had more of an effect 
when he was at Oklahoma City with the Golden State Warriors. With I can't the Brooklyn Nets. That's just a whole different situation. And with the Phoenix Suns, it could be very easy with Kevin Durant to impose his will. But he knows that Devin Booker is the leader of that basketball team. But Devin Booker said time and time again, man, when I need something to be done or I need to talk to somebody, he said the first person I go to is Kevin Durant. That's pretty good leadership from a guy not being regarded as a leader when it comes to Kevin Durant. Well, we're talking about Kevin Durant, who was a two-time NBA champion, a two-time finals MVP. Why wouldn't Devin Booker go talk to Kevin? Absolutely. He'd be an idiot. And Devin Booker's not an idiot when it comes to stuff like that. (laughs) Why wouldn't he? Yeah. John, the Amazon guy in California, making sure everybody's patches get delivered. John, what you got to say about leadership involving Kevin Durant and or Giannis Antetokounmpo? My man, hey, good afternoon, fellas. How are you guys doing? I appreciate the time. Appreciate you. Hey, and the Amazon guy just don't mean packages. It means, you know, the lovely Amazon women, tall, long legs, <laughs> okay. beautiful, curved women, you okay. know. All right, now. Those, but All right, just, now. Just, just, just uh, regard, regards to uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't know what else they can do, man. Giannis is almost like 30 and 11. Uh, you know, Dame is 20 points, averaging for sure. What what I think is it refers back to, like, how this generation is a little softer, man. Like, no one could speak up. No one could, like, keep your brother accountable, you know. I, I grew up a Laker fan my whole life, seeing Kobe and Shaq. These guys would fight and practice because, like, they were just pushing each other, man, you know, to be great. So it, I just wonder, especially with seeing the All-Star game, it's like, Who's going to step up? Like, I want people on my team. We all want the last shot. You know, that's that's where I'm coming from. So what they need to do is just lead in that direction. And 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 someone needs to speak up and want the last shot. I don't know about Giannis, you know, deferring to it. That's the, that's the issue, you know? Well, listen, it's 2024. And today's age is different from, you know, when I was growing up, Freddie, uh, I was on the team with Tennessee Titans, right? Mm-hmm. And Brian Arakbo, Jarrell Casey, myself, along with other Wesley Woodyard, we were leaders on the team. But we literally could check one another at any given moment. And those guys play defense, I play offense. And we have Ben Jones, who's one of our leaders as well, off, yeah. uh, offensively at center. Mm-hmm. We would check one another, man. Like, seriously. And, and I remember us having a conversation, checking one another about pride and having a conversation outside of football at each other's house about pride and how pride in us as men will kill us in our households right. and w- with our with our wives, our families, th- little stuff like that. But we didn't get uh, offensive about it. Like we embraced those moments because we knew we were there to make one another better. Yeah, I- I'm not going to make it a generational thing because I know how I would feel if somebody talked that way about my generation. Not saying that you don't have the right to do that because I'm not going to disagree with you. But the the word accountability still should be front and center, no matter how it has to be approached, no matter how it has to be spoken. You should always want to be accountable for yourself. And in this generation, it seems that a lot of them, male, female, sports figures, non-sports figures, when things go haywire, it's easy to point fingers at somebody else and not take responsibility. It's okay. Let me Let me school the younger generation on this one. You are going to fail a lot more than you succeed. That doesn't mean you are a failure. It means that every situation did not work out. But if you're accountable to yourself and you give everything you have and then some, just whatever little bit more that is, you'd be amazed how much further you can get. Not trying to attach this to Giannis and to Damian Lillard, but in this day and age, if you believe you can get someone's attention 
How do people do that in this generation now? They go to social media or they'll text somebody. The art of conversation, not saying Giannis does not have that art, not saying that Damian Lillard does not have that art, but a lot of people don't want to engage in people because they don't want to hear rejection a lot of the time or they don't know how their message is going to be received and they're afraid it's not going to be received in the right way. So how do you get somebody's attention? You put it on social media, you put it in a text where you don't have to see a person's face and then tone gets lost. Maybe Giannis put that out there with Damian Lillard talking to the athletic to say, hey, I got your back. Maybe he's not comfortable saying that to Damian Lillard face-to-face because they still don't know each other yet, even though they've been together at the beginning of the season. Maybe this is a way of letting Damian Lillard say, hey, no matter what, anything is going on, I know what 3-7 since Doc Rivers got here, but I trust you. I believe in you. I want the ball in your hands. Maybe that's Giannis's way of being comfortable, trying to make Damian Lillard comfortable. That didn't work for me and you when we were playing, you in the NFL, me in college football. But maybe, just maybe, that's the generation, this generation's way of making sure that there's some kind of accountability just doing it in a different way. And, Freddie, deep down inside, I hope the Milwaukee Bucks can figure it out because if, they're, if they are able to, mm-hmm. that means we're going to get great playoff series. That means we're going to get you know True. things that we could probably remember for the rest of our life if they end up playing against the Boston Celtics. And, you know, things are just crazy and, and a, a series for the ages. I hope they can figure this thing out. I really do. Yeah, you got two guys, and Giannis averaging close to 31 points a game and Damian Lillard averaging close to 25 points a game. I'm thinking their game is enough that they'll be able to figure it out. But time can get away from you very, very quickly if you're not careful, especially when the Milwaukee Bucks out of the box. When they come back from the All-Star break, their first game against the team of the Minnesota Timberwolves with the second-best record in the Western Conference. And it doesn't get any easier after that when you got – after Philadelphia, Charlotte, Charlotte, Chicago, then you got the Clippers, Golden State, the Lakers, and the Clippers in Sacramento. That road gets a little bit rough after the first five games after the All-Star break for the Milwaukee Bucks with 3-7 and seven since Doc Rivers took over. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, do yourself a favor. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So the Bucks are hoping that the fit's going to get better. With Doc Rivers, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Damian Lillard. What kind of fit could be there for the Dallas Cowboys if their choices are Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry? We'll do NFL fit or not fit next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. It is a Wednesday group with unknown as Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. With Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I always tell you, smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget, Harry Douglas tomorrow on Get It with Mike Greenberg and the guys. Catch it on ESPN from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And then the replay on ESPN 2 from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time. We bring in Shannon Penn. We do a little more NFL offseason stuff. We're going to do better fits. We don't know what teams... Players, scenarios are going to be brought out there. So we're going to be as surprised as you are. So we're really upset at Shannon Penn. It would be because this is going to happen in the next five minutes. So Shannon Penn, the floor is yours. We do NFL Better Fit right now on ESPN Radio. We're all about fits here. got to make sure it's a good fit. Last thing you want to do is get in there and find out it's not working. <laughs> Before you get me and Harry fired. No, we were just talking about yourself We were just talking about Dame and the whole thing in the yeah. fourth quarter. So like, we're going to yeah. find out who's willing to take the last yeah. shot here. Yeah, Harry and I were talking about that. I don't think you're a party to that conversation. All right, better I'm fit, Harry on. Douglas. For the come, Cow- on, come on, little man. Better fit for the Dallas Cowboys, Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry? I'm going to go Derrick Henry. And the reason why I say this 
I, I feel like the Dallas Cowboys are one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. A guy like Derrick Henry, and I think he's far from finished playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about downhill, bruising, physically imposing his will. I believe that's what the Dallas Cowboys need to complement what Dak Prescott is able to do, okay. along with CeeDee Lamb and you know Jake Ferguson at the tight end position. I'm going to say Saquon Barkley. For everything you mentioned, except the guy who's better out of the backfield, a guy who's a little bit younger, has less tread on his tire. The way the Cowboys offense works, he can run inside, but then he can bust it outside. You're right. Derrick Henry can still do those things. I just think the way the Dallas offense is set up fits a little bit more with Saquon Barkley, even though both of these guys, there's no such thing as a consolation prize if your choices are Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry and that Cowboys offense. All right, Freddie, better fit for Christine Lisi's Buffalo Bills, T. Higgins or Mike Evans? Oof. I'm going to say T. Higgins because Mike Evans is terrific and you can make a case that he keeps this up and he probably will. He, he's going to be a first ballot or second ballot Hall of Famer. But T. Higgins, I don't think it scratched the surface of how terrific he's going to be. And he could wind up being a number one guy and reducing Stephon Diggs to a number two, which would be an interesting conversation in the Buffalo Bills locker room. So I think T. Higgins, a benefit for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm going to go with T. Higgins as well. You talk about that catch radius. Not that Mike Evans doesn't have it, but we talk about from an uh, athleticism standpoint, I believe it's more so on the T. Higgins side, uh, on top of the upside and how many more years he has to play and be able to do this. That's a good point. All right, better fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Harry. Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins? Ooh, man, this is a tough one because we're talking about both guys who can play under center, um, be involved with the play. I'm going to go Kirk Cousins, though. I'm going to go Kirk Cousins because Mm -hmm. his entire career, Mm -hmm. he's been in the type of offensive system that Arthur Smith is going to be running for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Maybe it's because I want Russell Wilson to succeed, but I think I'm going to go back to the younger conversation. Russell Wilson not coming off an injury. He'll get a chance to have the healing hands of Mike Tomlin where he can exercise the demons. The demons. Um, Sean Payton's house is going to be clear. When it comes to Russell Wilson, he'll get a chance to go there, play under center, help out that running game. He can still run a little bit and still make deep throws and can play in cold weather like Kirk Cousins. So I think that's a better fit, Russell Wilson with the Steelers. All right, Freddie, better fit for Caleb Williams, the Chicago Bears or the Washington Commanders? The Washington Commanders, because they'll be playing at home. He'll get a chance to go back to the D.C. area. They're going to have a better coaching staff, in my opinion, with who they've been able to bring in when it comes to Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn will know how to put some guys around him. So the Bears had the first pick. But if I'm Caleb Williams, I'd want to go home for mom's home cooking to D.C. with the, the home of the Washington Commanders. I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders because, really, yeah, because here's why. When I look at Cliff Kingsbury, who's the offensive coordinator, we seen how Patrick Mahomes was able to play at Texas Tech. We seen how Kyler Murray was able to play with the Arizona Cardinals. We seen how Kayla Williams was able to play at USC with the Trojans, where Cliff Kingsbury actually came from. Not to mention he's from that DMV area. And we talk about that organization; they need a splash, new ownership the whole nine so I'm going with the commanders it is an NFL better fit when it comes to players and scenarios Shannon Penn our producer has the scenarios Freddie and Harry will make sure who fits where on Freddie and Harry and ESPN radio once again Shannon Penn the floor is yours man who keep putting all these Dallas Cowboys questions in here they are America's team <sighs> Freddie period alright Harry <laughs> better fit for the Cowboys Bobby Wagner or Patrick Queen at the linebacker position oh, I'm going man. Bobby Wagner for a few reasons number one 
His play has not dropped off since he came in the National Football League. Played at a high level last year in Seattle after he went back to Seattle. But number two, you talk about leadership. You talk about a guy that can provide a ton on a leadership standpoint, not only for this defense, but also for the entire team as a hold. Yeah, what he said. Let's move on. <laughs> oh man, we keep, keep going here with these Freddie, uh, Freddie's teams. All right, better fit for Mike Evans, hey, Freddie. It's not my fault your team stinks when it comes to the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> my team doesn't stink as much as much as yours. We can move on from Zach Wilson, but I digress. All right, we got a minute here. Better fit for Mike <laughs> Evans, Tampa Bay or your Jets? Oh, the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers loves those big body wide receivers to use Harry's term that catch radius. And now all of a sudden you got a guy on the outside that can still get down the field and make those kind of catches. There's no doubt he's a better fit for the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 not the B-U-C-S, B-U-C-S, Bucks. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Jets uh, because we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to go with Baker Mayfield and run it back, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers, being able to love a receiver like Mike Evans, who's been Mr. Consistent yes. all 10 years in the National Football League. I'm not saying. We're just saying. The very upset Shannon Penn joining us here on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. So that's why Bears quarterback for now, Justin Fields, unfollowed the Bears. Bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Because of your generation, Justin. And the rest of that was even better. Find out what he said next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.